This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future experience with it. Today's topic was Nike. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafiore. I'm Adam Lustig. And it is episode number 140. Wow, Billy. 140, Holy Adam. Holy crap, man. Congratulations We're to you. really climbing the ladder. I find myself congratulating you more and more <laughs> the older we get. <laughs> and that – it's really – that's what uh, – in my opinion, that's the only thing that sort of warrants congratulations. We're still here. Right. We're still doing it. Yeah, the birthday congrats. birthday congrats get like more sincere and almost like sympathetic the older you it's get. It's true. When you're six, it's like, congratulations. congratulations. A little condescending. And when you're 60, it's like, hey, congrats. Hey, deeply, sincerely, congrats. You're still here. Happy you're here. Happy you're here. Yes. Right. 140, to me, the obvious intuitive sort of association is the Twitter 1.0 character limit. Right. Were you, did it rock your world when Twitter went from 140 to 280? And how do you feel now maybe like x months afterwards it took like 24 <laughs> hours i i didn't care but i found it yeah. funny how people were losing <laughs> their they, minds it's not even twitter anymore as though twitter had been a thing before twitter right as though like it, was, it, it won't be the pure version <laughs> yeah. of twitter imagine a trump t- tweet with 280 Whoa, this now, is going to be bad <laughs> those same people were doing 280 the second that afternoon right that afternoon there was a trend where people started complaining why haven't i gotten my 280 capabilities <laughs> oh, the same people oh, oh yeah were just like I guess I'm not like Twitter famous enough. And I was funny. like, nerd, 16 hours ago you were saying this You're is bad for you. this. Right. Yes. And now we're at 280. Now, we're at, do you see it expanding further? If you were, do you think Twitter ever bumps up to 560 or like sure. just keeps doubling? Oh, sure. It just becomes medium. It just becomes like another blo- like sort of long form blog. Yeah, Twitter premium, maybe oh, that's something like that, where you can post longer things. Who cares? Yes. Right. Who cares? Right. Are you are you pushing 280, Adam? Do you find yourself pushing 280 on Twitter? I, to be totally frank with you, I I almost take a weird irrational. Pro- this is me being an irrational internet user. I don't think I've ever even really exceeded 140 really even in this world of 280 okay i don't know if i've ever creeped above 140 to okay you're to me, you, the like, you like to keep it tight the, keep it tight man. less is more less is but to me a little bit less is more but you don't contribute to any sort of tweets where it's like hey i'm gonna tell you a really quick little story i've never done a where thread. i could set it up quick not even a thread i'm talking a 280 single tweet <laughs> but you have a like a little story Hey, when I was in sixth grade I and wish. you fill it out in 280, I wish. people like those. I know. Little I contained a, stories. I wish. Double I have, stuff tweets. I haven't had the I haven't had the idea. I haven't had the tweet. I haven't had the appropriate tweet. Okay. Have you tinkered? Have you brushed tinkered. the 280? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've tinkered. Yeah. <laughs> I've tinkered and I'm enjoying the ride. Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm enjoying deconstructing Twitter. Yes. I'm enjoying what it gives me now. The videos, the stickers. Yes. Yes. You're my you're one of my wife Maggie's favorite tweeters. Well, well, well. How about that? That's meaningful uh, to me. How about that? That's yeah, meaningful yeah. To me. And mine. And mine, of course, but like maybe that goes without saying. I find myself, but, and maybe this is bad, uh, not contributing as much to the political discourse happening now. <laughs> I think that's and, good. And zigging where everyone else is zagging. God bless you. Yeah. God bless you. Like ya. right now, Kavanaugh is in the Supreme Court. Yes. And I have a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thread <laughs> in my draft dog. <laughs> and I'm ready. <laughs> Ready to send. When the world talks Supreme Court, Billy Zagas hordes. That's right. TMNT. Can a turtle really eat a slice of pizza? Billy will explore on Twitter one day. Good question. Mm-hmm. Good, 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 good question. Because most turtles live in lakes and they like soggy grass. <laughs> 
Are, and is Soggy Grass the pizza of the turtle world? Um, we'll like, find, find we'll... out on Billy's Twitter feed. <laughs> Next on Billy's Twitter feed. Hashtag very current events. At Billy Scafuri, at Adam Lustick. We are also at No Joke yes. Pod yes. on Twitter. Yes. Please follow us because we do a lot of interacting there. At yes. No Joke Pod yes, on do. Twitter. Now, Billy, uh, I don't know if this is the appropriate time to bring this up, but go. you had something of a life milestone mm. go down uh, this past weekend. Doesn't usually happen at 36. 36, but this is a true and genuine and sincere authentic life milestone, mm-hmm. and you posted a video on, maybe not Twitter, but on Instagram at least. Yes. And I wa- personally, over the course of the weekend, watched it, no exaggeration, between 55 and 58 times. I appreciate that. A lot. I did too. I watched it a lot. A whole lot. Yeah. I asked someone to film me. <laughs> yeah. So if you, I, I knew something was happening Yes. Here. Yeah. Um, now, just not to bury the lead, Billy Scafiri, you, my good best friend Billy. Right. Dunked. Right. Holy shit, man. So the what? the setting was Lisa's, the Lisa's, my basketball team that I coach, my yep. uh, excellent uh, women's basketball team. Truly. Los Angeles Women's Rec League. Yep. Had a practice. Yep. When it was over, noticed the rim was a little lower, grabbed one of my players and said, I got a feeling yep. <laughs> that tonight's going to be a good night. <laughs> and I said, do you have a basketball? I got tossed a lady's basketball. A little bit smaller. One of the key components of dunking is being able to grip the ball yep. freely. I want to have a, a loose palm. At least be palm adjacent. And we yeah. were palm adjacent, friend. Yes. And I got the ball, and I tried, and I ate it a couple times. But internally. Front rim? Back of the front rim. Back rim. Just like this is new. One hand or two hand your first attempts? Because first couple attempts, two hand. Two but hands. I was just trying to loosen up. Yep. But I knew tonight it was going to be a good night. night. And then it happened. Oh my God. I went up. I need. I figured out that I needed more kind of like push and trajectory. I threw myself a little alley-oop, which gave me just enough in slow-mo, yep. jumped up, peeked it over the rim, and got enough of the grab of the rim where I went, boy, yo, 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 yoing, it was confirming the, mo- the dunk. The most inspiring video I've seen on the internet, maybe in my experience of the internet. At Billy Scafuri on Instagram, experience the same joy Adam is experiencing today. Not just the dunk, Bill, because, I mean, the dunk was impressive enough. I've never dunked. Maybe never will. And what was so impressive to me, not just the finish and the boing-oing-oing and the two-handed finish. And there's another video, if I'm not mistaken, of a one-handed finish. That's right. And that one was my favorite because it was clean. Clean, Bill. Clean. I threw that ball through that rim. Clean, Bill. Thank you. And that one you did not. But what was so impressive about the first... First one, right. two-handed jam. Correct. To me, was that alley-oop and gather. Yes. To me, that was wildly impressive. That was what I needed. I needed that, like, trajectory. Yes. I needed to chase the ball. Because when you sort of tossed it up to yourself, the alley-oop was, like, fairly high, and you had to do this very... Yeah. Everything's impressive in slow-mo, granted. Right. But this was sort of... You could tell... I had to pluck it out of the sky from about it. eight feet. You plucked it, yeah. William. I have... My arms are probably two feet in both directions. Yes. And I had to grab it uptown. Billy, it was wildly impressive. Incredibly athletic. Yes. Such a triumph for me and my entire family. On the second dunk, I will say it was a much cleaner dunk. Yeah. It was straight up, and then I threw that ball down. Yes. I got a lot of comments in the comment section saying, yes. hey, tie your shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Your shoes I were— I had yellow spaghetti straps, yes. uptown funk. <laughs> they were everywhere. Yes. Um, let it be known that it was after practice, and we didn't know this was going to happen. It happened Impromptu. real quick. Impromptu. <laughs> the laces on those shoes, Adam, yes. were made by Kyrie Irving and Kobe Bryant. They are called the Bruce Lee Threes. They are very cool, very fancy. These shoes. Yes, Nikes. Great. And that is what our episode today will be about. What a fabulous segue. Nike. We're talking about Nike. One of our favorite brands. One of the world's fa- one of the world's brands. Right. One of, one of the brands of the world. Right. Yeah. There's a reason why they're, we're going to talk about them today. Yes. They are in the news. Yes. Um, but we'll talk about that maybe in our second act. Great. Because right now it's the first act and we need to talk about our history with Nike. Okay, great. Adam. 
Nike. As a youngster, we've talked about East Bay Magazine on this podcast multiple times. East Bay was the sort of athletic apparel um, catalog that yes. would get mailed to you. And all, and I know that I've spoken about this explicitly, but I would literally, as a fifth grader, hole up in my room or take it on the school bus and just gawk as right. though I were like a horny teen looking at a penthouse. Right. Gawk at co- Nike, co- Nike branded college football jerseys, the North Carolina shorts. I mean, like those Nike products were the only physical material objects I ever really coveted. Very cool. To be honest with you. I agree. It was like the only thing I wanted. In the hierarchy of sneakers, let's keep it to sneakers <laughs> yes. for now. Nike, Reebok, uh, let's call it Adidas, yes. and LA Gear. Yes. Um, was Nike the clear winner for you? Clear, 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 clear. It was so much so that Nike was so was like so understood in my mind, or it was so implied that it was clearly the alpha brand, right. clearly the best one, right. that I assumed in my weird self-effacing, sort of like self-deprecating mind, assumed that I was not good enough for Nikes. And that's mm. so like as a youngster. Aspirational. I, it was asp- Nike sneakers were aspirational, and I would go for the Reebok pump. I would go for the Adidas. I would go for Fila. Mm. You know what I mean? I would get the off-brand because like Nike was in my own mind right. above my level. The team captain had Nikes. I just wasn't that good. I wasn't oh. good enough to earn a Nike. Yes, you were. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> yes, you were, Adam. So, yeah. Would you say the same to you, Nike? I would is, say the same. Yeah. It was aspirational. I think that what made Nike so cool, especially for kids, yeah. was the athletes they got yeah. to sponsor their gear. Yes. I mean, as a devout child of Michael Jordan, yeah, I mean, he was, they got Jordan and they made Jordans, and that immediately took the brand to a next level. Absolutely. Literally. But they also had these low-key other signs. Yeah. Bo Jackson? That's right. I mean, Bo knows. Bo knows. That was a Nike campaign. These were very cool. These were yes. all like little things where I was like, well, Michael Jordan's cool. He says Nikes are cool. Now I think Nike is cool. And that was the thing about Nike that was, I mean, so genius. And we should have like an ad exec on here to talk about this more expertly. Right. But like not only is the product so cool and the swoosh of like the, the, the Nike products, we're both wearing Nikes right now and we always will. Right. And it's just like it's the assumption. Just, yeah. It's just like the assumed footwear. I would recommend anyone. I've read this book. I made Amir read it. He loves it too. Whether you're a big sports fan, a fan of Nike or just an entrepreneur. Yeah. Straight up someone in the business world who wants to see what it's like to become an entrepreneur. Yes. Read the book Shoe Dogs. Yes. It is the story, I think, written by and all about the life of Phil Knight, the creator of Nike. That's right. In a very cursory, the most cursory yes. kind of breakdown of the book. Phil Knight is like 18, going to college, goes to the University of Oregon. He's met by uh, a legendary coach. Cool. He might not be the best, but he is a good runner. He graduates <laughs> college. Um, things aren't going exactly as planned, so he decides that he's going to try and sell shoes. Cool. He becomes a shoe salesman where he flies as a kid to Japan. <clears throat> Japan to buy these shoes called Tiger Anusuka, I believe they're called Tiger Sneakers, comes back to America, starts selling those, realizes that his coach, I think his name's Bowerman, Jim Bowerman up at Oregon, has been working a on a running this, coach, a running coach, uh-huh. legendary uh-huh. running coach. He also coached LaFontaine, uh, pre LaFontaine. Yep. yep, that's right. Yep. Uh-huh. He uh, he's been working on a special shoe design. Cool. Something about the bottom of the shoes where hmm. it's kind of like rubber and it starts to modify. And him and his, Phil Knight, yes, Bowerman and Phil Knight, yes. decide to start working together. Cool. Maybe start making shoes. It's a very very. I'll leave it at awesome. that. Awesome. I'm they intrigued. Maybe start yeah. making shoes. It goes to places that like you couldn't believe. Yeah. But ultimately, like the history of the swoosh. That was just like a friend of his, like a, somebody he yes. knew. He's like, hey, you're drawing in a hallway in like this building. I'll give you 50 bucks if you try and come up with a logo. Yes. And she just like came up with a It's swoosh. just like on a napkin, right? Just right. Like, I mean, isn't that how all like the Da Vinci like great ideas just like begin on cocktail napkins? Correct. But just like – 
there's just all these little moments where it's like the air bubble in the bottom of air yeah it's like when that happened it was like such a game changer yeah it it was there's just like a a million little stories and i would recommend anyone listen to shoe dogs because that just colored my worldview of like how cool nike actually gotta read that and like beyond and sort of the point that i was trying to make was that like beyond just the product itself being great and like the sneakers are great and they're long lasting and they're like great products like the branding i mean like apple like Microsoft exists and yes. like and, uh, for all I know I'm a tech idiot but like Microsoft and Apple are probably like the same quality it's a, probably like the same thing but mm. the Apple branding yep. is just light years yes. light years ahead and I would just like say the same thing about Nike like the Nike branding from day 1 yes. from Bono's yes. from it's got to be the shoes yes. like they invented the idea not like they pioneered this idea of like oh commercials can be cool artistic endeavors unto themselves yes. and they can really enhance the brand and Phil Knight is a pioneer before there was even like magazines or posters or any of that he was a pioneer in just having people see athletes wearing his shoes pretty awesome at the race specifically track and field yes he just wanted to have the best runners wearing his shoes and that was a like new idea yes no brand had thought like it's important to see athletes wearing the shoes brands were small like the athletic world is just like it didn't exist quite yet for like apparel and if you read Shoe Dogs, it's all there, but really, really fun reading. And now it's escalated to the point where, like, university – I mean, this is, like, well sort of, like, chronicle territory. But, like, it's escalated to the point where high schools and colleges will – are essentially sponsored by either Nike or Adidas or Under Armour. Or Oregon. Somebody's... Oregon is fully, fully funded and by the creators of Nike. Like, all, they sh- test out all of new uniforms and workout gear and everything via Oregon. And very authentically, it is a massive recruiting tool. People – kids go to these colleges because – Nike. Agreed. Like that is a that has a lot to do with it. <laughs> I, I associate the University of Oregon, the entire University yeah. of Oregon, as fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone at Oregon, every sport is so fast. <laughs> yeah. But it's just their uniforms that, making them fast, they seemingly faster. We think that because Nike branding. Right. That's why it, Nike is so effective and so good at branding that right. we associate Oregon with fast. So in the second act, we will talk about why we're talking about Nike yes. today. And uh, Adam, maybe we'll make a little announcement about Patreon. I I'm looking forward to hearing us do that. Maybe we're switching things up a little bit. Maybe. Don't say. Okay. Oh, my God. But first, another branded ad. Great. What do you say we do a branded ad? I love brands. We'll be right back. Buying glasses can be expensive, annoying, and overwhelming. Warby Parker has the answer. By cutting out the middlemen and selling directly to customers online and in their stores, Warby Parker is able to provide high-quality, great-looking eyewear at a fraction of the usual price. Their glasses start as low as 95 bucks. Yep. Pretty good. Bill used it. Yeah. Bill's going to talk about it. Yep. <laughs> the free home try-on program. You order five pairs of glasses online, and you try them on for five days. So you go through all the catalog of glasses yes. that they have. And then you choose the five that most excite you, and they send them to you. Amazing. Free of charge. Incredible. Suddenly, you got a cool package with the five glasses that you chose. Variety pack. There's no obligation to buy. It ships free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. Pretty nice. So head to warbyparker.com slash no joke to order your free home try-on today. Yes. Low key, I'm just going to let you know, Bill ordered the Milton. The Miltons! Built and got the Miltons! Miltons got the Miltons! Now, after you head to warbyparker.com slash no joke and place your home try-on order, do make sure to download the Warby Parker app from the iTunes App Store. Now, they built this really awesome home try-on sort of companion feature, which allows you to quickly take photos wearing all the different frames that you got, and then uh, put them in a video, stitch them up into a video, and share it with friends and family to get their feedback. Now, if you have an iPhone X, congratulations. Yes. 
that's you fancy. Yes. But B, if you do have that, be sure to download Warby Parker's app where you can use their brand new feature, Find Your Fit. Hmm. Now, Find Your Fit uses the iPhone X's true depth camera to map and measure key facial features. Wow. Using these measurements, Find Your Fit recommends approximately 12 Warby Parker frames that are likely the best fit for your face. The process is seamless and takes literally a few seconds. And if that's not enough, yeah. for every pair of Warby Parker glasses you buy, a pair is distributed to someone in need. That's really good. That is a very lovely gesture that they didn't have to do, but they did it. Really nice. So yes. go to Warby. That's W-A-R-B-Y Parker dot com slash no joke to get started with a free home try on. Once again, that is WarbyParker.com slash no joke to find your perfect pair of glasses today. Welcome back to No Joke. This is Act Two of the podcast. Today we are talking about Nike, everyone's favorite shoe brand. Swoosh, 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 just swoosh. Um, before yes. we started recording this episode, Adam, uh, I don't know how it came up, but we said that uh, the cr- the cross, the cross and the swoosh. Yes, I'm not a religious man. Me neither. And uh, sometimes it made me would make me feel uncomfortable having to worship an idol on the wall, yes. namely a, a cross. Yes, but I do that with the Nike swoosh. <laughs> I would definitely kneel down and pray to that swoosh. I love that swoosh, <laughs> and it, and it gives me faith. And we made a joke like, you don't need to crucify me on a cross, just swooshify me on a swoosh. That's what I'm Swooshify. <laughs> swooshify me on a swoosh. When app. I die, swooshify me. There's an app. You upload a photo of yourself. <laughs> to swooshify. Just get sort of. And then it just like pins your arms. This Pretty is good. getting inappropriate, <laughs> yeah. but more inappropriate on the word. Can someone to a swoosh. The... Yeah. And it shows you what your dead lifeless body would look like hanging on a swoosh. If someone out there with some graphic design acuity or acumen can maybe mock one of those up real quick, a quick uh, right. swoosh fiction. That I'm would be... not sure the Catholic Church is going Probably to fly. Not. Yeah, yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Yep. The Church of Phil Knight. Well, we, uh, we teased something, Adam. Yes. We've been doing an episode on Patreon. We're doing a podcast on Patreon That's right. called Fun Size. That's right. It's a candy competition podcast, essentially, sure. where you and I take two candies that are similar in some way. Right. We pit them head to head. We've come up with a really fun metric by right. which to judge them, and we say which one is better. That's right. We've done about 35 episodes I of that. I can't believe that. That's cool. It's a lot of candy. Yeah. It's a lot of candy. Yes. Our teeth are, are, are suffering. But we yeah. have uh, we want to explore more things about the Patreon page. We do. And we want to maybe try a different type of podcast. Absolutely. We want to tell them a little bit about it. Well, so we are so – I mean this podcast, and we've talked about it a lot, no joke, uh, is such a f- wonderful – an integral part of our lives and our creative lives and it means so much to us and the fact that anyone is out here listening at all is a trip and is delightful yes and we are very interested in just sort of deepening that relationship between us and the listeners yeah and so we've uh, always on No Joke we're like hey why don't you email us at nojokepod at gmail.com ask us a question on Twitter make a suggestion for a podcast all those kind of things Yep. and we mean it we try to write back to everyone who writes to us we're so interested in engaging with everybody that listens yes and we sometimes we get some really interesting questions that over the course of an email it doesn't feel like we get to explore or answer them or get to share that answer with other people who might have the same questions. That's right. So we just wanted to sort of delve deeper into that world and we will be starting a new Patreon podcast that will yeah. sort of take the place of Fun Size yeah. that, that is called Q&A with B&A. Right. Where so, essentially we field any and all listener questions. Right. And just so we can get to know each other a little bit better. That's right. <laughs> so we are going to encourage you guys to obviously sign up at Patreon slash No Joke Pod. Yep. Um, but ask us questions in advance. Start conversations with us yes. by emailing us, specifically emailing us at nojokepod at gmail.com. Yes. And in the subject line, put Q&A with B&A. Great thought, Bill. That's how we will know to find your questions and then answer them on our Patreon page. Yes. We're aiming for, let's call it September 25th as a launch date. Yes. We'll see. 
but that's the goal. Please get those questions in. No topic is off limits as minute and as sort of as it can have no gravitas. It can have all the gravitas. Right. No, no restrictions. We are here to talk. <laughs> yes. And if your question is private or personal, uh, but you still want to answer it on air, tell us to leave it anonymous. Yeah, that's, we're more than happy that's to right. leave it anonymous. It's not about making anyone feel uncomfortable. We're just here to hang out. That's right. Totally so one, here to hang out. Once again, it's patreon.com slash nojokepod. Email us questions at nojokepod at gmail.com. And keep an eye out for Q&A with B&A. That's right. Yep. Okay, Adam. Back to the swoosh. Back to the brands. Back, Back to the brands. Brand of Brothers. Yes. Okay, the Adam. <laughs> the frickin' brand of Brothers. Yes. All right, Adam. So the reason that we're talking about Nike today on September 4th here is that it is the 30th anniversary of their Just Do It campaign. Just Do It. And again, like the, like the thing about Nike is the branding. Not like even necessarily the anniversary of the shoes because that's not important. It's the anniversary of the branding. That's right. <laughs> that's right. There's Air Max Day once a year. Where people go and buy Air Maxes because they're the coolest shoe. Now it's on the calendar. Nike knows exactly what they're doing. It's the 30th anniversary of Just Do It. Of Just Do It. That's right. Um, so in sort of commemoration of this, Nike has put has sort of put out a new ad campaign. Yeah. And they have made Colin Kaepernick the, essentially one of the faces of this Nike campaign. Yes. Yes. Colin Kaepernick. Very briefly, who yes. Colin Kaepernick is, a few years ago, let's call it two. Yeah. He decided that he uh, – the, the stories of police brutality in the media and happening in the real world were a little too much, and he wanted mm -hmm. to have a private protest, yes. a quiet protest, a yes. silent protest. Yes. He sat for a few games when the, the anthem was happening. Yep. And no one made a peep. Right. He wanted to make sure that what he was doing wasn't disrespectful. So he talked to some service members. This is a couple of years ago. <laughs> and they said, maybe you should kneel instead of sit. Mm -hmm. He took their advice and he did it. Mm -hmm. The media and people who don't root for him, right. for African-Americans to succeed, right. um, decided to make that him versus the military. That was tough. He was kneeling because police brutality in America was important to him. And he wanted to shine a light on it. Correct. Which he's done. Correct. And it got conflated and mixed. And this is intentional. Very. This isn't a mistake very much this is intentional by the opposite powers that be agreed um have decided to make a villain out of him yes and now a few years later he's been blackballed by the nfl correct that is not a question he has as, um, as much skill to get on any team so he, much so that he has a, a collusion lawsuit i think he's suing the nfl that, for all the owners colluding to not hire him that's right anyway, yes <laughs> nike makes a lot of the uniforms yeah almost all of the uniforms yeah. for the nfl yes the NFL isn't exactly a fan of Colin Kaepernick no. right now, and Nike decided for the 30th anniversary of their Just Do It campaign, yes. regardless, their leader would be Colin Kaepernick. Pretty, I mean, it's not controversial, but it is uh, inflammatory. It is sort of inflammatory to the I should say to the NFL. If yeah. you see Nike and the NFL as these two sort of corporate behemoths, yeah, Nike sort of getting Kaepernick to be the face of this campaign is, in a certain way, sort of an not aggressive, but is retaliatory in some way to the NFL, I would It's say. incredibly non-traditional yeah. for two monoliths of business yeah. to not work hand-in-hand hand yeah, exactly. as much as possible. Exactly. And Nike has created and chosen a specific path yes. that they're going to, you know, up until this, they are sort of hand-in-hand hand with the NFL. That's right. And it seems like the NFL has the worst marketing. Has like it's it's very hard yeah. for the powers that be in the NFL to make a right social decision. Yeah, the optics of almost every PR public decision the NFL makes recently seems to be backwards. Doesn't right. really seem to be great. Right. Yeah. And I, you wonder. 
does the NFL like this is this is clearly Nike putting the flag their flag in Colin Kaepernick, not yes. the NFL, Correct. saying if we're going to stand with something long term, we're going to choose this man Correct. and what he stands for yes. over this in league that gives us billions of dollars a year. That's right. That is a big choice. I want to say that, and I'm going to get this wrong, but I I think the text, <clears throat> pardon me, the text over the Kaepernick face is something to the effect of. Uh, if you don't stand for anything, one yes, of those, yeah. then we, what, do you fall for anything? Yeah, no, yeah. Sure. It's, uh, oh, it's like believe in something, even if it means like you sacrifice everything. There you go. Or it's, some, it's something like that. Sure. But essentially Nike really coming out for like hit, but Colin Kaepernick's political stance. Right. And again, one would think, again, not to belabor this point, but just like, one would th- this is not controversial. Like African-Americans are being murdered by the police at a <clears throat> wildly disproportionate rate. And like that is a fact. And like the fact that he is kneeling to draw attention to that doesn't seem intuitively like it should be that controversial in any way. Right. That it's just this is what peaceful protest means. This is part of the American fabric is peaceful nonviolent protest. Right. That is one of the pillars of our culture. Right. And just the fact that the NFL and Trump, for God's sake, and all these people have taken this protest and – completely skewed the meaning of it and mangled the intention of it. They're spin doctors. Spin doctors. I mean, they're... Complete spin doctors. They're professional spin doctors where it's like... I mean, Trump, when he was campaigning, said, I love the uneducated. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You know, it's like, just think back on some of the things he said that got us here. And it's like, I love the uneducated because I will use them as my pawns and they'll just believe anything. So if I just tweet out a couple times, they're kneeling because they hate the military, they'll they'll buy it. It's crazy. They'll buy it. It's so sinister. It's so devious. I call it fake news. They'll think it's fake news. They'll buy it. So duplicitous. They'll buy it. it's, it's it's really bad. And so it kind of – to me, when I saw that Nike was doing this, before any like the corporate like, oh, corporations are bad and all that kind of yes. stuff, I was just like, this is so unique and good for them for at least like <laughs> surprising me. Absolutely. They didn't like need to do this as far as I'm concerned. And they did it, Absolutely. and it's like, oh, they needed to do this. Absolutely. I was woken. And I got to say, this also comes on the heels, and this is maybe uh, a few weeks ago, Serena Williams, another huge Nike – person yeah <laughs> nike brand ambassador yeah Gr- also greatest a- tennis player night greatest athlete of our generation period ever amazing yep she uh had all these um you know she just gave birth and she like almost died giving birth yeah. it's like a super dramatic thing serena williams almost died giving birth a lot of people don't know that's that true and, and should crazy right almost died giving birth had for the french open had this like special sort of like nike like bodysuit kind of thing. Yeah, that she was all gonna... black. They called it a cat suit, yeah. but it was like a body, an all black body Super suit. Super tight. Ca- yeah. yeah. And I guess it was like something about it was like for blood circulation related to the blood clotting, related to her health. And yes. it was like kind of stylish, A, but also like practical. Yes. The head of the French Open put the kibosh on it, said you can't wear that, banned the cat suit, said it was, I don't know, not traditional or right. not up to their standards. Right. Serena didn't seem to care. She like quickly acquiesced and it was not a big deal. There was a bit of an uproar from sort of femi- the feminist world of like this is sexist. This is sort of um, – she's wearing this as a, as a health it's – like, it's like a health issue. Yeah, who are you to say what, what a you woman can wear and what you can't? Correct. And Nike even there came out with – and again, I'm going to get this wrong. But they came out with a very sort of provocative or evocative advertisement mm-hmm. that was, I don't know, sort of comp- took Serena's – You can take the superhero out of the costume, but you can't take the powers out of the superhero. Exactly. Right. So like Nike is recently between Serena and Kaepernick, like even in the past month have like sort of stuck their neck out there in these sort of j- vaguely – not vaguely, these like social issue right. ways right. that I think is – The question then becomes – 
is Nike actually a bigger powerhouse than the NFL <laughs> or the French Open? Seriously. You know what I mean? Yes. Has the clothes that the athletes wear become bigger than the stadiums in which they play? That's a great question, Bill. You and know? I would venture to say kind of. Part of me thinks that the Nike higher-ups believe that. It's you know, like, they're taking stances like when you are a lower ranking person, when you're young and you just want to get ahead in the company, yeah. sometimes you'll just acquiesce or bend your morality based on what the people above me are doing because one day I'll be them right. and then I can have their money or I can make right. whatever change I want. Right. And I wonder if Nike doesn't see themselves at all as that, yeah. but that they're bigger and more influential globally than the NFL seems like or the French Open. And so they're like, oh, you don't like what we're doing? Well, then here's this. Exactly. We don't care. Exactly. We literally don't care. It's, it's true. It's almost like... Like, could Nike start a? It's almost like like Vince McMahon wants to start like a rival football league, like the XFL, or whatever. Right. Like it's almost like Nike could, if they wanted to, they right. wanted to like really flex their clout right. or like exercise their sort of like their kind of like market dominance. Right. It's like Nike could almost start a parallel football league, huh. and you would think it would be like as popular. Everyone as the NFL. would run. Yeah. Every- like, <laughs> like it's true. It just seems like they could branch off and start their own sports. They basically have right, and I think it's because. Their tentacles of Nike are so far reaching into every corner of every sport. At, at, at the youngest age, they have youth academies. You know, they have community like centers where it's just like built for people to play in the Nike brand. Exactly. It does seem like reputationally, they do have a bit more influence or something. They have the potential for greater, more ins- not insidious, like just more pervasive influence than, say, the NFL. Right. I and, think that they do. And they're showing it through their marketing. Pretty Good cool. for them, man. I mean, like, it's, yeah. So I guess we have to play like Mike. Be like, be be like, like Mike. Mike or, or is that Gatorade? It was That's Gatorade. actually not. <laughs> yeah, it's actually yeah. not Gatorade. Nike. Gatorade. Is yeah. there a Nike song? A Nike song? I mean, okay, one of – I don't – there might be a Nike song. Okay. I'm not sure. Right. Nothing that specifically comes to mind. But another, Can I guess? Yes. Is it Dream On by Aerosmith? Oh, oh, they okay, did no. definitely. I think that might have also been Gatorade. Okay, okay. they're using an amazing Gatorade and Nike are the same. Gotcha. Yeah, yes, they are. But Nike, if you recall, did have that phenomenal ad campaign. One of their millions of phenomenal ad campaigns: black background, street ballers playing, ba- dribbling yeah. and squeaking sneakers. To the beat. They made the beat. That wasn't Reebok. I'm pretty sure that's that, got to be Nike. Got to be Nike, too right? Cool. Like, that's way too cool. Like, I just remember that as being like, oh, well, this is the coolest commercial of all time now. Right. Like, this is the coolest one now. The question then <laughs> becomes, will the audio file of basketball's dribbling <laughs> and beat actually be interesting? I wonder. I don't know. We can also forego that. I wonder, too. Okay. <laughs> I wonder. Let's find out. Okay, great.
Welcome back to No Joke. Today we're talking Nike. That was the audio from their basketball dribbling cool commercial. Thing. That was a Nike basketball <laughs> commercial. Yes. It looked much cooler than it sounded, yeah, I'm sure. Exactly. It's a cool looking commercial. Yes. We decided to make it we an audio make file. It. Yes. Uh, we were just talking off mic about how it like Nike is so dominant and like their sort of dominance is so ingrained that it really is almost like a not even a political, just like a commercial statement to like when an athlete signs with any company that isn't Nike. Right. It's a thing. I usually when I see the articles where it's like this person signed with this brand that isn't Nike, my first thought is why? Why? Like haven't you grown up your whole what life a risk. waiting to have a cool swoosh, swoosh. that you design? Swoosh. You want the swoosh. <laughs> Don't you? I mean, like, Allen Iverson did make the Reeboks sick for a minute. The sneaker was called The Question because his nickname was The Answer. And if you had the Carolina Blue... <laughs> was uh, awesome. They were awesome. the Carolina Blue Iversons. Yep. They were sick. Yep. But I will say that Jordan had Carolina Blues. I don't know what number it is. So I'm not really one of those Jordan yes, fans. The yes, Jordan 11s yes, or whatever. Yes. Uh, they were also quite Equally awesome. amazing. Yeah. Yes. But there are few athletes that, like, decide I'm not going to be a Nike. And it becomes a thing. Steph Curry choosing Under Armour was like, oh. Yes. Okay. Okay. They were wow. like nurse Why? shoes. Those shoes looked like prescription shoes. Yeah. <laughs> they were yeah. all white, like Stay Puff. Yes. They were very odd shoes. Yes. Yeah. And you just said that DeAndre Ayton and some of these new NBA guys signed with Puma. Puma's, so, Puma's, like, Puma's pushing back. Puma's pushing back. Puma's coming back. Here comes Puma. Uh, but probably the most on-the-nose uh, brand ambassador yes. for a new shoe line coming out yes. is... New Balance is coming out yes. with NBA sneakers, yes. and you don't need to be a fan of the game to understand Gordon Hayward yes. is going to be the face. Yes. Gordon Hayward looks like someone from AP Calculus, yes. and he's going to be like every comedy writer wearing New Balances going to work. Whitest guy for the whitest sneakers. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yes. Uh, second reminder. Yes. Sign up for our Patreon page now. Please do. Patreon.com slash NoJokePod. Yep. In just a few weeks. We will be premiering yes. B- Q&A with B&A. Yes. It will be replacing the Fun Size Podcast. Listen to all 30 Fun Size Podcasts Please now do. Yep. because they're going away and being replaced with Q&A. We're going to answer all questions. Send us any questions you have, nojokepod at gmail.com. Correct. Any questions, we want to answer them in front of these microphones. That's right. <laughs> We're talking about athletes, yes. Adam, uh, yes. wearing different brands. Yes. Does it, like, does it matter to you? Do you know what uh, brand Kobe's are? Kobe was Nike. Kobe was Nike. Kobe was Nike. Although, let me think about that for one second because I have in my memory, I have a flickering Kobe Adidas connection yes. that I think existed for a minute. Okay. But then I think he defected. I, I, in my mind, and someone will correct me, I'm sure, but right. I think that he was originally Adidas and defected to Nike. Right. I think that's how that happened. Is there any athlete where you're like, I know he's not Nike? Um, I mean, Iverson, you mentioned because he was my favorite growing up, Alan right, Iverson. Right. Steph Curry is, again, the alpha non-Nike NBA player for our era. I right. Think. He's like the only super mega superstar that's not Nike. But would you assume that everyone's just Nike? Definitely. Like, my best guess Definitely. is everyone is Nike. For sure. So Nike <laughs> wins just the mental wars what of, like, what's in your mind? What, do, what don't you know? Exactly. Assume it's all Nike. Exactly. Right. And their cross-sport thing is what's so crazy. It's like fetter. It's like all the elites in all of the sports. Right. We were just looking at the list real briefly. It's Serena. It's Federer. Right. It's, maybe, it's Sharapova. It's, it's Tiger Woods. It's all. It's Michael Jordan. It's LeBron. It's Durant. It's Kobe. Right. It's like all of the one. All of the ones. It's like they don't accept the like you have to, if you're the best you have to be with yes. the best. Let me ask you something Billy and this is a slightly tangential question. You are a, a bigger baseball fan than I am. Mm-hmm. What? Why? And I know this is – what am I really trying to ask? A, does Nike have a, a, as big of an influence in MLB? Uh, yeah, okay. Go on. And, Jordan. Uh, Jordan and Derek Jeter work together. But, oh, of I course. I mean, it's course. not – It's like the but, Jordan brand. But you're not seeing Nike swooshes all over uniforms. That's right. I right. guess it's just like less of a thing. Right. 
And B, does the MLB suffer from a lot? Like, could they use a little cool, like, I I just feel like Major League Baseball could learn from Nike in terms of, like, knowing how to, like, sexily market their right products. Right. And, like, their superstar athletes. Yeah. Why, why hasn't Nike made as big of an impression in baseball? Like, right. why doesn't it exist in the same way? I think it's the same question as to, like, why isn't baseball becoming more popular over time? Yeah. It seems like the path to get to Major League Baseball isn't very sexy. Mm-hmm. Little League Baseball, high school baseball, mm-hmm. colleges, the minors. Mm-hmm. There's no sort of, like, superstar age where it's, like, you can see one person flash such dominance. Yes. Like, Zion Williamson at 15 was this high school kid that was dunking on 12-year-olds. Ferocious. And it was just, like, something you've never seen before. Freaky. Like, you can have a batter hitting 400 in Puerto Rico who's 14 hitting 400-foot bombs. It's still not going to translate to this, like, every man kind of aspirational, one day I want to hit a 400-foot bomb. Yes, I know a lot of our friends are like, one day I just want to dunk. Yeah, And it's like, that's just close enough. Baseball doesn't have those moments. I guess that's true. The game isn't really crafted to be sexy. You're right. You know? You're right. I'd be curious. I think there's room, like, in the All-Star game, for example. I think that you can make way more skills competitions or something like that. Just like... Where it's like, it could just start to feel a little bit more like, oh, that's how we play when we are in the yard. Freshen you know what it I mean? up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Try and throw a baseball in a garbage can from 400 feet away. Yes, that exactly. Kind of stuff. Nike. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, Although I do say, even like, even in the Major League Baseball sort of arena, it is fucking sweet when like Yasiel Puig has his like uniform unbuttoned a little bit and underneath you could see the little swoosh. And that's as far as it goes. Yeah, exactly. But like, that's as far as it goes. Yeah. I also wonder if a lot of these guys just aren't that like, like want to be cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? A yeah. lot of them feel like, Country boys, you know what I mean? Who, like, when the season's over, they're, like, hunting. Yes. They, like, doing all these kind of things. You know what I mean? It's not like – they don't seem, like, swaggy. Yes. When you get a swaggy baseball player, you're like, ooh. Yeah. (laughs) Ooh. Yeah, like exactly. Javi Baez on the Cubs has like swag. And like when like, he oh. likes when he like he's a shortstop. Yeah. And when he when someone tries to steal on him, he does slap tags where oh. he catches the ball and he slaps the player in oh. the foot. And you're like, hey, that's kind of swag. Yes. That's weird. Yeah. Right. Shaq, I feel like was a big not Nike. I feel like Shaq never kowtowed to Nike. He was I, one of the big resistors. I think Shaq is Nike. Not is, but Shaq is like Shaq wore Shaq shoes. That's right. Me. You know what I mean? He drinks Shaq drink. <laughs> He probably has a Shaq jacket. That's right. You know what I mean? A Shaq motor vehicle. Like yes. He, yes. He is his own brand unto himself. He, I feel like he is that Nike thing. Yes. Where he, you start to like – like if Shaq started pushing back against the NFL, you'd be like, huh, this is odd. Uh, yeah. Exactly. It's like I, this is – I didn't see this coming, but I'm Shaq even Inc. more impressed with Shaq. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nike – I mean like I still covet Nike sneakers. Sure. And like – So know, we're talking about the future though. Yeah. The future of Nike yes. sneakers. This is going to bring it back to the past for a second, Adam. Mm-hmm. But at the back of East Bay magazines, there were these shoes. Yes. Not like your other shoes. Yes, yes, Not like regular Nikes. <laughs> yeah. These shoes had, let's call them, dinner plates on the bottom. Yes, you speak of moon shoes. Moon shoes, Adam. <laughs> I'd be remiss. Yes. If we were going to talk about basketball, yes. Nike, yes. and the future, yes. if we didn't at least talk about moon shoes. Yes. Tell me about moon shoes. Moon shoes were meant and designed and engineered to increase and improve your vertical jump. Okay. Uh, and I, I never wore the – I never had the privilege. Talk about the structure. The structure was, like you just said, sneaker, regular sneaker. We yes. all know what that looks like, except on this sort of um, ball. Bottom on, of the shoe. On the bottom of the shoe and the ball, there was basically a flying saucer. Right. Essentially, like you said, a dinner plate. What about like – even more specifically, what about like a cake dish yeah. where it's elevated? There's cake like plate. a six-foot stem. The six-inch stem. Exactly. And then a plate. There was a six-inch stem, it seemed like, coming from the bottom of the shoe. That's right. And then there would be a plate. And I guess the idea was that it would what? Like, strengthen you? I think it stilts. 
where you're walking on different parts of your feet where your calves are fully engaged. That's right. But remember, these were made in like 1985, so technology wasn't uh, quote-unquote there yet. That's right. It was essentially a dinner plate strapped to a sneaker. Right. Yeah, that was essentially as, as sort of ferocious as the tech got. I coveted them. So did I. I wanted them. Of course. Right. I want a dunk. Did you ever know a moonshoe in person? I feel I, like we've covered this topic I feel before. like we have, but I never knew a moonshoe. It was always like the thing in the back of the magazine. Right. That it was just like, ooh, for adults? Right. I don't know, like felt lascivious, but I never I, I never really messed with a moonshoe myself. The moonshoe always felt like a great way to tear your ACL. Yeah. Walking on six-inch yeah. stilts and trying to dunk in your 14 years exactly. old. Exactly. Yes. It was like the sort of proto-like wheelies. It, it was, was like something about it. Those ads were right next to another ad that I saw. Yes. That, and it was for basically build your own hoverboard. Yes. And it was like an inverse vacuum cool. essentially so this is obviously the sec- section back section of the magazine <laughs> where it's like buy these products that guaranteed won't work yes exactly but i always wanted either the moon shoes right. or this hoverboard that said you can fly <laughs> you just have to turn your vacuum inside out and sit on it <laughs> why is that in a bit of a dream a good call yeah, like, <laughs> good call the next page was like nudie ads so like i really can't explain what was here? happening here right. yeah right. also shout out to nike uh, as we talk about the future shout out to nike for being the official sneaker in back to the future part two where he goes yes. to like the future and has the cool nike very deliberately branded nikes right nike high tops that like the velcro like automatically self-tying exactly do you know that nike released them just a few years ago that's crazy do you know why they released them why because there's a lot of handicapped people who can't tie their own shoes that's amazing so nike identified that and realized that these shoes you place your foot in the shoe and then the whole thing met like a like a robot connects to your calf and to your foot and to everything and now you're wearing shoes tightly laceless no they, laces they made them for people incredible who uh didn't have the ability to tie their own put their own shoes on amazing isn't that incredible amazing yeah <laughs> it's like nike is reaching into the world of science and tech and medicine why wouldn't they they made the uh fuel band yes. which would like it was like one of the first like step counters yep. that would you know they are they're dipping their toes in every arena that they can and i i know that brands are difficult to trust and i know that there's always like things behind the curtain you don't want to see but they are one of the ones where it's like keep going here's the thing keep going not to bring this out into like a global too much of like a political yada yada but just like in this world where institutions are failing us like our public governmental institutions are crumbling and we are just like seeing the the naked corruption and greed for all that it is it's like in our culture, like these brands, these private brands are going to fill the vacuum for like public service, for like service and right. like good deeds. Right. Amazon is like, you know, they are now want to get into healthcare. It's like they want to start making their own like health. It's just like these brands are going to are, are evolving into becoming these for better and worse. Right. Are evolving into becoming these sort of like ethical, moral arbiters and yep. like providers of public service. Domino's said that if you have a hole in your street, we'll pave it. <laughs> Crazy. So that our pizza doesn't get messed up in the box. And like on one side, you're like, wow, thanks, Domino's. And on the and other side, you're like, hey, I pay taxes. Domino's shouldn't have to be paving the streets. I pay taxes for that this is dystopian why is the pizza guy have a bucket of tar literally great i'm like I, amazon that's great like like it's amazing that amazon's gonna get into healthcare, but like is it da, like da, i thought you were a bookstore da, da, yeah da, like, da, da, da. <laughs> like yeah like nike could probably cure cancer for all we know and like maybe they will right but, but well, baby steps baby steps right now it's the 30th anniversary of just do it just do it and they took a big swing with colin kaepernick and i for one stand i'm here for that i'm Good. totally here for that and that's the nike episode this was fun okay yeah for the No Joke Podcast, yes. I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And like always, we will talk to you next week. Thanks a lot. That was a HeadGum Podcast.